everybody. Welcome to the Field Crossover Podcast. I'm your host, and with me today for the ads is Addison Ruiz. What's up, Addison? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How have you been? Uh, busy. Busy, yeah. busy. Uh, so yesterday, yesterday we did a uh, episode of the cooking show together. Yeah, that was fun. That was good. It tastes amazing. Yeah? So did you have fun in, in front of the camera and all that? It was okay. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to try to get you out in front of man. We're going to get you out there. We're going to loosen you up and uh, go from there, man. Yeah. But um, no, um, so I had a new cooking show out. It's not called Off Grid Cooking anymore. We changed the name to Insert Ingredient here. Shout out to Vince Rockwell for the uh, for the new show uh, name. And then from, from there on, we're just going to crush it. Uh, but we are sponsored here. Our first sponsor is Casey Highlights. You can find them at CaseyHighlights.com. Um, basically what Casey highlights are is a, they are a light company. They've been around for 50 years. I mean, you've guys seen the iconic Casey, um, what are they? The, the light the, covers, like the, the circle light covers with the, the Casey on it. Yeah. The smiley faces. You, you've seen it. I mean, everyone knows it. They've been around for 50 years. So that just tells you how loyal the customers are to that brand and then how good the company is. But, um, at Casey highlights, you can get any kind of light. If you can mount it, you can put it on your vehicle or anywhere. They have anywhere from light bars to the flex. What are the new ones? Like the flex four or something like yeah. that. Um, they have pod lights. They have the rear lights that you put in the rear. You put them in the front. You can put them on your, uh, your Jeep, your Toyota, your, your buggy. You can put them on a, a razor. You know, we've got them on multiple trucks here at Fieldcraft. Oh yeah. We have plenty. Uh, we have a lot of the Casey lights, especially on that, uh, that Dodge. That thing is covered in Casey lights. Uh, you get, you can actually put lights in your wheel. Well, yeah. and, uh, what, what would be a benefit of that? Addison had to have lights in your wheel well. Just so you can uh, see the trail as you're going through. It gets hard to see the, your, where you're going, your uh, wheels are going at night yeah. on the trails and yep. the rocks and stuff like that. Yeah, and if you guys are interested in uh, to kind of see the full, uh, I don't know, the full thing of the Casey Highlights in action, check out our boy Mike, Michael Hernandez. He has a Jeep Gladiator that is kitted out in all the Casey Highlights. And just, just check him out, just to kind of get ideas on where you can mount these lights at. And um, at the same time, you can have a coupon code. The coupon code is Fieldcraft. One word, F-I-E-L-D-C-R-A-F-T, Fieldcraft. And you get 10% off your entire order. So give them a, give them a look, caseyhighlights.com, for all your lighting needs. And uh, we can go from there. So good luck with that. I hope everyone finds their lights that they want. And just, just give them a look. If, if, if anything, just go to caseyhighlights.com and... And, and, and give them a look. Next up, we have Triarch Systems. Triarch Systems, you can find them at triarchsystems.com, and they are a manufacturer of probably the the top rifles, uh, custom Glocks, custom pistols. They have a Tri-11 9mm pistol that is just a work of art, and these things last forever. Um, I have a 14.5 carbine, and that thing is a workhorse. Um, it does not stop. It just keeps going. Um, Addison, have you had any, um, experience with any Triarchs? I have the, uh, the 2011 is amazing. Wish yeah. I could, uh, wish I can get one. Yeah. But 2011. I, sorry. I did it. I said 1911 or try, 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 11. try 11. It's the same thing. It's, yeah. the, it's the 2011. They, they call it is a general nine mil 1911 yeah. style. So why do you like it? It's just big and awesome. And it just looks great, right? Yeah. The trigger, the flat trigger on it. It's, it's just, so, a, it's so, it's just nice. It's so smooth. It recoils nice. Yep. It's, yeah. It's pretty nice. It's, it's like, it's, I, I, I tell people, it's the gun or rifle or pistol you buy that you'll never have to buy another one again. It's like the only one you have to buy. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's something that you 
will pass down to your children. You know, that's yeah. how good these rifles are built. There's no shake in it. There's no, there's no give. The thing is, it, it, it's just a workhorse. Yeah. I mean, that's how I describe the, it. The quality on the rifles are great too. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. And then uh, Chris Reeves, the owner there, shout out to him. He's, they've been supporting the uh, field craft and we've been uh, supporting them for the last couple of years or so. And uh, just a great company to work with. Great people there. Shout out to uh, Triarch Systems. So yeah, check them out. Triarchsystems.com. You have everything from custom Glocks, Tri-11s, um, customly fully built rifles. You just go on your, on the website. Everything is there. Um, yeah, you can fully customizable everything. You can pick each part and you can rest assured that when that's put together, that thing is put together solid. So check them out, triarchsystems.com. Use code FIELDCRAFT for 5% off your entire build. That's a nice chunk, especially when you're dealing with like taxes and things like that. Next up, we have Uncana. You can find them at uncana.com. They are a CBD company, all natural. Right now I'm holding in my hand their CBD oil, full spectrum CBD oil. It comes with 2,500 milligrams of CBD. And they also come with the uh, printout to tell you how much to use, the proper dosing, things like that. They also have um, lotions, potions, they have gummies. So they have everything that you need to, uh, I guess, stay natural, opt natural, hashtag it. And um, it's just all natural. If you're if you're over the pills, if you're over the, the pain pills, I mean, um, this, you know, CBD will give you that relief you need, that inflammation. If you're having like a little sore, whatever you have, you know, rub some CBD on it. You know, and um, it should, and it will relieve your pain. And it's, it's different for everybody, so you know you got to just work on your dosing and things like that, and uh, and go from there. But they have a full variety of everything you need for your your medical needs to go natural, and just to keep it um, keep it clean. Everything's clean. Everything's certified. They, you can go on to their website. They certify certify everything with their, their processes, how they make it. So it's safe, all natural. Check them out uncanna.com use code fieldcraft for 10% off um right now we had right now what am i talking about so today i had the opportunity to podcast one of our new employees his name's Kenny Bozik he is our leather smith here we are going to be start making leather goods and different uh he makes a lot of great things yeah he he hand makes them he has a he has this unreal sewing machine it's like Man, that thing's gonna go through some leather. You know what yeah. I mean? It looks crazy. His right. shop downstairs, I love his shop. Like all the yeah. tools, it, it's it's really it's like that craftsman type stuff. Really good quality leather goods, handmade in America. Yeah, handmade in America, right into the Fieldcraft HQ. So um, I had a pleasure talking to Kenny. Very nice guy. So I hope you guys enjoy. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, enjoy the show. Addison, you have anything to add? I think that's it. Just make sure you watch that Kenny podcast or listen to the Penny, the yeah. Kenny podcast. It's he's this got, is he's it. had an interesting hey, this life. Is the, this is it right here. We're, we're doing it. Yeah. All right. Thank you and enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Philcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host today, George, and with me we have Kenny Kenny Bozich. Is that how you spell your or say your last name, Kenny? It doesn't matter. You could say Bozich or Bozik. I don't really. Is care. it Bozik? Technically, yeah, but people say Bozich, and I'm not going to tell them. I apologize for that. No, you're you know, fine. Yeah, I'm just a little nervous right now. I'm not going to correct nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kenny uh, basically just started with a company win just on Monday, but really. Yeah, I was working from home out in Tennessee before I moved out a little bit, but uh, yeah, I have my first physical day was yeah. uh, last week. So. I mean, you drove from Tennessee. Yeah. How many days did it take you to get out? Um, we could have done it a lot quicker, but we did it in four, um, mainly because of some, we hit some weather. Yeah. But, uh, 
we don't want to, we didn't want to like kill ourselves either. It's easy oh, to yeah. get yeah. sick yeah. when you're driving. Take your time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so Kenny started here on Monday. Um, Kenny is, uh, coming out of Tennessee, like we said. And so can you tell us what, basically tell everybody what you're going to do for field, be doing for Fieldcraft. Um, well, I'll be the, I guess leathersmith is the proper term. Yeah. I've been doing leather goods for uh, quite a long time and, um, I will be doing products. I, it sounds like I might be doing some classes as well. Nice. Um, all that sort of stuff. So before we get into what you're doing for Fieldcraft, give us a little bit of background about yourself, like where you're from, you know, any, any secrets you have, things like that. Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> um, originally from, from, I'm uh, originally from Florida. I uh, dropped out of high school when I was 16 to go on tour. Um, go on tour where? Uh, just across the states uh, oh, okay. with, with a band. Um, what band? So the first one I went on tour with is just like some local band in uh -huh. Florida that kind of got my my feet wet a little bit. What kind of music was it? It was it was really bad like emo music. You yeah. know, it was like 2005 era. So if anybody <laughs> is familiar with that era, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I left that band. I actually joined uh, a band with my buddy Aaron. Um, it was a band called Almost and. Uh, um, that actually took off, got signed, and so, mm -hmm. um, so it actually worked out for me. Yeah. So you were out of high school. Did so. you uh, like what? Did you, you were a singer, or did you play no, an instrument? No, I, I played drums. Nice. So okay. that was my thing. And so uh, the singer's wife, uh, my buddy Aaron, he uh, his wife lived out in Utah, and so we ended up moving out to Utah um, when I was sixteen. Mm -hmm. And so I actually lived in Utah for quite a long so, time before moving to Tennessee. So you being sixteen, like dropping out of high school and just kind of being on your own, like for me, I look at that like hear you say that and I'm like, man, like when I was like if I dropped out of high school at sixteen, like I don't know what to do. Like what did you like how did you survive? What was like what was your game plan, I guess? What was your I didn't have one. It was it was weird. Like my parents my parents got uh divorced and then I basically just told my mom, I was like, I'm dropping out of school, so you either do it for me or I'm yeah. just not going to show up. <laughs> and so I didn't have like a plan. I just knew I was like, I didn't really want to go to school anymore. I, I wanted to be in a band. And I wanted a tour. So um, so that's what I did. I <laughs> I lived in some weird places. I like crashed on somebody's couches because mm -hmm. I wasn't living with my parents at the time. Yeah. Uh, I lived in a storage unit uh, a couple times. Just, I lived in a closet one time. Just dang, you just grinding it out, yeah, man. man. So I, d I did what I needed to do. Yeah, uh, I didn't know where it was going to lead per se, but it ended up working out. So, um, yeah, that's good. So, like, so you're 16. You 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 go on tour with one band, and then you then you go on another tour, or you get with another band. You guys get a uh, contract. Mm -hmm. Now, how did that work? Did you guys like release any albums or? Any? Yeah. Um, so it was uh, the guy who. Um, started the band. He was in another band called Under Oath. And uh, so he was the singer in the band. And so he, that band was already signed and well-established. So he had quite a bit of a following already. And so um, through that, he was able to get um, a record deal. I think it was through Virgin Records and Tooth and Nail Records. And um, yeah, we, he did, he, did the, he recorded the entire album himself. Mm -hmm. And then he hired... Um, me and a few other guys to join the band. And then, yeah, it was actually, uh, it was um, top 10 on Billboard for like nice. six, for actually a couple months, I think, but we toured for quite a while. Yeah, so. like who'd you, uh, when you were out on tour, mm -hmm. how, how old were you when you went out on tour for this band, was it? Uh, I was 17. So being think, 17, yeah. touring, going across the country, mm -hmm. like, and like basically, you're like, I mean, you're, you're a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
and you're out here in this big adult world, scary world, you know, you're out here, like, I mean, you're out here on tour. I mean, there's nothing yeah. like, you hear all the stories. I mean, you, you, you look at, you see the, the videos of the, the, the documentaries behind the scenes and, and you see like, a, like our music tours, like that's some like legit, like that's serious, you know, like how it did is. you navigate that as a 17 year old kid? I mean, you're 17. Like, I, I don't know, man. I was just so excited to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was actually happening what I wanted to do at that point in my life that I just, I don't know. I just rolled with it. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I was just so excited to be there and be a part of it. Um, playing shows to, you know, big crowds, we did yeah. some really big festivals and toured with some big bands and some, that's awesome. Uh, you know, it was, it was a good time. Did I, you have anybody like in the band that kind of like looked out for you and kind of like treated you like a, not like a, like a little brother, but Hey, like they knew that you were 17 and you know, they probably knew that you, you're a big boy, you made your decision, but there was a real person out there that kind of like looked out for you and made sure like everything was good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was the youngest, I think by maybe eight years mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, uh, but the singer's wife, uh, Jamie, she's kind of the one who got me the tryout for that band. She mm -hmm. was kind of the one who looked out for me for quite a while. Um, she came out on tour with us for a little while. Um, so I would say she, it was probably her. When, once she stopped touring with us as much, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a different story. Yeah. <laughs> got a lot of hand. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, we had some shenanigans and I got some pranks pulled on me, but nice. Right. So from, you know, from how old are you right now? 31. So you're 31. So, so let's just say, you know, from, from 18 to 31, like what was kind of like the steps after that? Did you, did you stay with that band or what was the, you know, the story behind the band? And then what, what was that like in between there? What did you do? Man, it's a, uh, a lot happened in yeah. between those years. I, uh, I actually quit that band cause I wanted to marry my wife that my now wife. Um, mm -hmm. How long uh, were you in the band before you quit? Three and a half years, I think maybe four. I can't remember, but something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I actually quit that band to get married. Um, she's the love of my life. And, nice. uh, I was like, man, I can't mess this up and I don't want to be on tour because we were touring a lot. Like sometimes yeah. we'd be on tour anywhere between eight to 10 months out of the year. Damn. So you're not home that much and you, wife can't really come with you. Yep. She has her own life, you know, yeah. um, that becomes pretty hard. So I didn't want to start my marriage off like that. Cause I mean, in the music industry, yeah. you see so many failed marriages and broken families just because they're gone all the time. And I just, yep. even though at a young age, I still knew that like that would be a, a bad idea at the time, at least to start my marriage off yeah. that way, because the first couple of years are the most important years. I mean, yep. a lot of people know that. I mean, most marriages fail like sometimes oh, yeah. in the I first mean, few years. So like all the parallels with even like within with, the military, I mean, like, you know, I'd have to leave like six months at a time. And yeah. Like I couldn't bring my wife at the time, you know, mm -hmm. so. But it was like when I first got married, I got married. I think the first time I got married was obviously I've only been married twice, but uh, I was 21 when I first got married. And like after I got married, I didn't see my uh, ex-wife. I mean, for like a month because she had to go on training. She's in the military as well. Mm -hmm. So it was like all this time that we lost. And that like, like I, I tell everybody, I mean, time is my most precious thing I got. Like, like I, you know, I look at it like I have a two year old son now. I'm 42 when he's 40 years old, I'm going to be 80. Like, I can't, like, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's kind of like, the, it's, yeah. it's like, okay, it's like George, it's 40 years from now. Like stop thinking, but it's like, I had to put stuff in perspective to like, think about like all the time that I've lost through, you know, in, in the military and in coming up, I just have to make the most of my time. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. But when you get so. older too, it's like you've, time seems to move a lot quicker. Yes, it does. It's Big wild. time. Like you miss stuff. And, and it's like, I don't want to be that old man sitting there, 
in my, you know, wherever I'm at, and being like, oh man, I wish I could have done that, or, mm-hmm. or oh man, I should have had that more that quality time with my family and yeah. stuff like that. So, but yeah, so so you quit the tour, you get married, and then what kind of how would you like? What, what was your life after that? Well, um, or, or, or your life after that, and then where, where were you at at that time? Like, where were you living? I was in Salt Lake, Salt oh, okay. Lake City. Um, I. I dropped out of high school and mm-hmm. touring was kind of the only thing I had. So I kind of had to take what I could get. So yeah. I ended up working, um, at a, uh, plumbing warehouse. My buddy Randall got me a job at uh, this place called great Western mm-hmm. and they do, they deliver plumbing supplies all over the, uh, I think most of the state. Um, anyway, so I did that for a while. And then I was like a cook at this place called, this is the place, which is like at heritage park, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, just making like burgers and stuff. Yeah. Anyways, then the economy crashed. They fired me, and then I got an opportunity to uh, um, drum tech, which is like you, essentially people know it as a roadie mm-hmm. for uh, this uh, band called Metro Station, and uh, we were touring with uh, the guy, the singer from that band. His uh, sister was Miley Cyrus, so we toured with her for quite a while. I think it was like seven, eight months or something Damn. like that. I, you know what, like. I didn't even know she had like a brother that was in a band. Yeah, you know, they was had it like a band. Like, was was he the main like, like you know, you have like Miley Cyrus, and so she has yeah. a band behind mm-hmm. her. Was it like, was it him with a band, or was it like the band is the band? I guess it was the the band is a band. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, so they they're like she has a bunch of hired musicians, and it's her thing. So yeah. they're just hired. But you know, someone with like an actual band name, typically it's like they all are essentially business owners, yeah, if yeah, you will. Yeah. So, okay. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a band. It was, it wasn't like, um, I like those guys a lot. They're, yeah. they're, uh, I had some good times with them. It was, it wasn't like my favorite music by any means. Mm-hmm. If anybody out there knows, uh, <laughs> about that band, you know what I'm talking about? It's just, it's different. It's just, so what's it like thing. when you're like being a roadie drum tech? Uh, what, what was that? Like, what's that lightweight? Like, what's your schedule like? And like, <sighs> Is it just kind of just you're there hanging out until they need you, or do you have like a set schedule they gave you? Yeah, it's a lot of hurry up and wait kind yeah. of a thing. So like you wake up first thing in the morning, load into a venue. Um, depending on if you're opening or headlining, like you would set up your gear and then you do a sound check, and then you have usually you get down with sound check um, as an opener opener around you know three or four o'clock, yeah. but as a headliner you get done around like I don't know one or two, mm-hmm. depending on how long it takes the stage to get set up but then you just have a lot of the day to do a lot of nothing. So yeah. that's when most people get into trouble or yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, do yeah. drugs or whatever they want to do. Yep. Um, so uh, then we have the show at night and then pack it up and drive on and down the, the road next, and do the next thing. So you guys had like uh, like the techs and all that, you guys had your own like bus and all that or was we it just? Did, yeah. Sometimes depending on how big the band is, yeah. they'll have like, everyone in one bus. So if you're doing like small clubs and it's not that big of yeah. a band to save money, but if it's like a bigger band, yeah, you have yeah. multiple buses and band has their own bus. Sometimes a singer and each member mm-hmm. of the band has their own bus. Oh, okay. It just depends on the tour. So when you were on tour with uh, her brother, mm-hmm. what was his name? Uh, his name is Trey Cyrus. Trey Cyrus. Um, and then was, he was country music or? What? No, they're like electronic pop music. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> they had this big song called Shake It. It was like a, they, they were, it was pretty big for a while. I think at the time it was like number one on iTunes for uh-huh. several did, months. Did you ever get to interact with, uh, his, with, uh, with, with Molly at all? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, uh, 
So, uh, I, so when Kenny showed up to the company, <laughs> he had some great stories. Yeah. And I don't know if he wants, if he, if he was willing to share it, if not, it's fine. But, uh, it's, uh, it's the interesting stories when, how you first met Miley Cyrus, like, like yeah, literally I, I, met I'll, her. I'll, I'll, I'll tell that story. Yeah. Let's tell yeah, that The one. first time I met her, it was super funny. <laughs> I'd already been on the tour, I think for a couple months and there was, they bring in their own stage every day for these arena shows or stadium uh-huh. or whatever. And the stage was so high. And if you don't come in from the back, there's a ramp on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a ladder that goes up side stage. So I started climbing up the, the ladder after they got done with sound check to do our sound check. And I didn't realize she was coming down the ladder at the, uh-huh. <laughs> the same time. <laughs> so I, uh, I ended up her skirt nice. on yeah. accident. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I definitely did not want to do that. It was just, it happened. And then I was like, and afterwards I was like, I don't know what to do. Uh, hi, I'm Kenny. Uh, I don't know. What do you do after something? Yeah. Like, like oh, something, so you know, embarrassing like that, but, uh, that's what happened. That's, so how long did you stay with, uh, with that band? Um, I was with them for a couple of years. It was, dude, it was super funny. So, uh, I can tell this about that. It, so they ended up, their keyboard player ended up, uh, quitting. Yeah. And they wanted me to fill the spot, but I don't play keyboards yeah. at all. I can play like hot cross buns or some yeah, shit, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so they, they hired me to play fake keyboards. Uh-huh. Like literally all I did was like headbang and act like I was pressing some buttons. And it was, it was ridiculous. I learned a lot about like that whole pop world. It was yeah, just like, yeah. it's like fake. Kind of, or like superficial, I guess you could say. Yeah, like a, I mean, it depends on the band, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it can be. Like there's like a, like it's like a filter, there's a filter on it. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, something's off about this. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I try to tread lightly and I don't want to like put anybody down, but it's yeah. just like, I don't, it just wasn't for me, but I learned a lot and it was very yeah. entertaining while <laughs> I was there at the very least. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that and I, uh, I got a pay raise for it too. So I was like half drum tech, half like, damn, that's nice. At least they yeah. know like that. Hey, if you're doing some extra, we got to compensate you for it. Is that kind of how it was or was it not that way most of the time? Um, it wasn't that, well, they gave me a little bit of a raise and then I tried to push my buttons a little bit. After our, the first show, I went up to the manager. I was like, Hey, I just, a lot of work, man. <laughs> I need more money. So they gave me more money. I was like, That's, okay, sweet. Damn. Yeah. And so I, did you feel like in the music industry, like, did you feel like you were at a moment's notice, could be let go anytime without notice? And was there like loyalty there or like, how did that work? It depends. I mean, it's just, I feel like it's, <clears throat> I mean, at least with my life experience, it's just like anything else. If you're, if you're a good person, you don't, treat anybody wrong like mm-hmm. and you're a good hang yeah and don't make anybody feel weird yeah, yeah you just yeah. do your best as a human being gotcha like, people are going to keep you around as long as they can so it's more like of like how they treat you the way you treat them but they they look at you like okay man this guy's cool so we're going to keep him along yeah like, it's just making sure you're a good fit yeah you know it's just like feel you know i'm sure fieldcraft does the same thing with, oh yeah, you know, yeah it's like making sure it's a good you're going to be a good part of the family yeah you know, you know you're with everybody every day on on tour or an office or any job you have, it's like, you know, you got to get along, man. It's important to make sure. Personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, you, you, you work for that. And then after, after that kind of, after that part of your life, what was your next thing? Like what was after that? I mean, obviously the music industry, I think is, it's very 
interesting to me. Like the yeah. ins and outs, like the behind the scenes stuff is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just hearing your stories is like just really just puts a perspective on like you get a product in front of you, you mm-hmm. hear it, you see the videos, you see the interviews, but then behind the scenes is like where everything like that's where everything takes place. And you know? that's mm-hmm. how you get everything going. So did you see like did you ever want to like be in front of the camera and be like a lead singer and kind of do your own thing or was it more of like you just wanted to no, you just having a good time not really I like the drums like everyone has their I hate sounding like such a hippie when I say this but everyone yeah. has like their own outlet or like gift that they can like re, you know re express themselves right, I guess right, and yeah. the guitar and well, it just wasn't for me. Singing's cool. I, it's whatever. I think mm-hmm. everyone probably does that in their car at some yeah. point. But I, I just like the drums because I could beat the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. Just like stress relief. Yeah. I could have a, a good time. Yeah. It was fun. I always, like, when I, like, daydream or whatever, I'm always like, man, I should just get off my ass and just either do the guitar or drums. Because, like, that's, like, the best, like, the, the, the guitar, you know, you're just... You're up there killing it, and then in the back, you're out there crushing on the drums. That's yeah, like, man. man, like, what? Do you, like, I don't want to be a singer. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to even look at the crowd. You know what I mean? I just want to do my drums <laughs> or my guitar. You yeah. Know? Is that how you felt like, in, like when you were performing? Were you just did you kind of tune out the the crowd and kind of how do you like get ready for the like? What was your mindset? I guess it was tough. I mean, sometimes the anxiety and the stress gets the best of you. Yeah. And sometimes it's a lot of fun. So that yeah. just depends, honestly, the mood you're in, how much sleep you got and yeah. your mindset, your mental mindset's a big part of it. Cause it's really easy to psych yourself out and like worry about messing up or something yeah. like that. And that's, that's the hard, that was the hardest part. So I had to, it took me a while to train myself to let go and just realize you can do this. You know, all the parts just have mm-hmm. fun. Just, yeah. you know, and you almost have to like, you know, I don't want to be an, arrogant or prideful human being at all but like when you get on stage you almost have to tell yourself like oh you're badass you can do this yeah you know exactly I mean? no and then when that, you get off the stage you have to have that confidence you turn it off yeah exactly you know? that ego so yeah you have to have that and uh no, that seemed to help. So I just made sure I turned it off when yeah. I got off stage so I, it wasn't an asshole. Yeah, hey, so, I mean, some guys can't do that. Do you? Some guys can't yeah. do that. Actually, a lot of guys can't do that. I, know, I, just, I don't get that, man. And it's like, I, I feel... You look at these guys and you could see them like you could see that they want to be like a like a nice guy but it's like they just can't let themselves like they just can't let it go yeah and some people do it as like a a, a gimmick i guess sort yeah. of for their band like that's their look that's their, you know they have a stage name they have a look and mm-hmm. they have an attitude and like that's how they sell what they do and so they do that in the public eye and they're yeah. really different when they're with their family. And now did you have, did you have like when you were in that, the band, when you were in, what was the band? I forget the, the second band you got, when you got the deal. Oh, the almost. So mm-hmm. now did you guys have someone come in and, and, and tell you, Hey, you don't do this, do that. Like here's an image or like, they kind of like gave you these like talking points and stuff to follow or not really. Like we did. The only thing I can remember is we did, uh, we did Jimmy Kimmel live mm-hmm. one time and uh, our publicist was there. And I remember <laughs> I thought it would be funny to like wear the shortest shorts I could find uh-huh. just to be an idiot yeah. and like this cutoff shirt or whatever. And she was not happy. So she told me to change, which I didn't. But that was the only time I can remember where someone like told me what to yeah. do. I'm sure Aaron, who this is the singer, like I was saying, he, he probably had more of that than anybody else in the band because mm-hmm. it was kind of his baby really. But I didn't really experience it much besides that. Oh, so. okay. 
So you do the tour with uh, the the uh, Cyrus. What was his name again? Damn, terrible name. Trey Cyrus. That that runs its course. Then Mm -hmm. then what do you do next? Like how he's like like what's your next move? Yeah, after that, I I go through phases sometimes with touring where it's like I. I'm really excited about it, then I get burnt out. And I get mm-hmm. really excited about it, and I'll do it, and then I get burnt out. So I was burnt out at that time, so I wanted to stay home. Um, and so I came home, and I actually got a job in Utah with uh, Silencer Co. Mm-hmm. Everybody's familiar with that company? Oh, yeah. Sure. So I uh, started with that company, and I was with them for quite a while. Uh, I think I was their third employee they ever had. Damn, okay. Nice. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, Josh Waldron and uh, John Schultz gave me that job, and... Um, and what'd you do there? Man, I did. I think I did a little bit of everything. Yeah. I was like shop cleanup guy. I was assembly. I did machining, which they taught me in house, you know, for at least for their products. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a machinist by any means, but yeah. I, you know, did what they told me to do. Um, I uh, was accounts payable, accounts receivable, Josh Waldron's assistant. Uh, and then I went into social media and I started doing video and some photography. Um, now, that's kind of where I left off when oh, I yeah. when I left that company. But um, I did a little bit of everything. I oh, and I was a, an event planner, so I I planned their uh, first silencer shoot they had mm-hmm. in Texas. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was, well, now it that was I, fun. now we know that we'll have to put you. You know, you, you have some more stuff <laughs> yeah, to do. I here. Do a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I learned a lot of that job. I I, uh, um, I learned a lot, especially you know from from Josh Walter, and he mm-hmm. uh, he taught me a lot. He was a photographer, and knew a lot about branding and all this stuff. Oh, and, that's awesome. Um, he was, uh, he was, sometimes he was hard on me and that was good. So he, I, I learned a lot from that guy. I, 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 I owe that guy a lot. Yeah. I like, I love like he being here. Like, you know, I did the army thing and I have some college, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just like here and there, but I learned every, like all, like learning all these new things being at Fieldcraft is like, it's like, man, I, I couldn't have learned this in college. You know what I mean? I yeah. couldn't have done this totally. sitting in a class or sitting in front of a computer. Mm-hmm. It's like all I ever want to do when I graduated high school was to earn. Yeah. I just want to make money and, and have a job and have a life. And then by, uh, you know, you did 20 years in the army and then you, you, I, you retire and then I'll have a new career. It's just great. Like learning new stuff. So I, I, I can, like I, everything you said about learning silence code was like, man, that's what we did at Fieldcraft first mm-hmm. starting out. Like it was just like, we're yeah. in it, man. Like we're doing it. And it's fun. It's fun to do it yep. with people you like being around too. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've never been to college. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of jobs that require college. I get yeah. that. It's just for some personalities, it just makes sense to just, you know, go for it without yeah. knowing what's going to happen or whatever. It, you just do it and exactly. then learn as you go and gain some life experience. And, and that's what we're like, that's what we kind of do at Fieldcraft. It's like, we're doing a magazine soon. It's mm-hmm. like, we've never done that. I don't know how to like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a writer, yeah. but I just wrote two articles this past week, a couple weeks. And, uh, mm-hmm. They're going to be in a magazine. Like, I'm going to be in a magazine. Like, yeah, dude. I never thought a dude from Ohio, like, would be doing this kind of stuff. Like, on yeah. a podcast, meeting people like you, like, damn, like, this guy's fucking cool as hell. Like, you got, like, cool stories. And I look at, like, you know, when you do these podcasts and stuff, it's like, I, I want to get those stories out there. It's like, we're historians right mm-hmm. now. I'm collecting your story. Yeah. So that when, you know, like, down the road, your kid can come back and listen to this podcast and, yeah. and learn about, like, you without having to, like, even, like, if you don't want to tell her or mm-hmm. you have a, what, you have a a son or a daughter? I have a one and a half year old daughter and so son on the way. It's like, then they're going to have this and then you're going to see all your stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I love doing this yeah, kind man. of stuff. So. I agree. It's badass and it's, it's fun. Cause it's like, you never know who you're going to meet yeah. or where life's going to take you next. And it's like, 
I know. I enjoy it. I mean, I definitely didn't think I was going to be working at Fieldcraft. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, even six months ago. Yeah. So. Like, and, and that's the thing about life. I, I, like, I don't know in five years where I'm going to be. Mm. Like, I would like to think that, but I don't know. Like, I, I want to be like, I'm 42 right now. I want to be like, my goal in eight years is to be done, mm-hmm. done working, like done working. But I had the option if I get, obviously if I get bored, I, I just mm-hmm. go back. But yeah. I want to take a, take that nice break. Maybe take five years off and just kind of be with my family and, you know, be more involved in their lives instead of having to like work all the time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's my little rant for the day. Yeah. Uh, It's like, you can either let the, let the future scare you or excite you. Yeah. And I'm not saying like anybody, I'm sure at some point everyone gets scared, but man, if you, it's so much better when you're just like, man, I wonder what's going to happen next and get excited about it. Like I do that every day. Like, even though I have a schedule, I feel like, let's see what happens today. Something's always new is going to happen. So I, I enjoy it, you know? So do you, while you're taking these breaks off a of tour and stuff like that, do you still keep up with like your drums and you still practice and stuff like that? Or? Oh yeah. 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 At the time I was, uh, playing in a band at church, uh, in Salt Lake. And, uh, so yeah, I, w- I was playing there pretty frequently. I had to practice oh, quite nice. a bit and keep it up. Um, cause I ended up going back out on tour after the silencer co thing. So like I said, it was just like back and forth, back and forth for a while. But the and what year was that when you went back? Um, I think it was 2013 mm-hmm. and I, but I started, uh, drum teching again. So I was working for the band. So who was, uh, who would you go out for this time? Um, uh, it was a band called sleeping with sirens. They're like another warp tour type. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Band, but they're, they're, they're awesome. When I say warp tour, I just mean like, like a festival type with others, like multiple bands and multiple it's just stages. like that era, like that, oh, that's kind of yeah, like where you. they came up. I don't mean I like you. that's where they're stuck and that's the only thing they can do that. No, they're, they're, they're cool. Good cool dudes and um their music's fun but uh that's just where they and kind of where they came from so where were you did you have to like move or how did that because no well it's different so for some places require you to be some bands require you to be in that specific city or state Uh to work for them and but for a lot of rock and pop um it's they just they don't care they just as long as you're there on tour you're good yeah you could like a subcontractor yeah you could be like I lived in Salt Lake City, but the band was based out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. I worked for a band called the Alabama Shakes for a while, and oh. we had—I think they were—they were from—they were, from, were from Alabama, and yep. they actually flew people in from Ireland. So it's like you don't with a lot of bands, you don't have to like be in a specific spot. It's just like, oh, we'll fly you in. It's no big deal. Um, but oh, what, what was it like working for them? They were a cool band. I, I, the Shakes, I, yeah. Oh, dude, they were—they're were awesome. The lead singer, she's amazing. Yeah, she's she's incredible, Brittany. She's got a fantastic voice. All those guys, man. Most of the, I'll say most of the the bands I've worked for, it's I've I've had a good experience. Seems like you had like a great experience. Yeah, like, every you man. become friends, and like even though you don't really like stay in touch too much. It's yeah, like, I'm but really, you still know. Yeah, I'm still thankful for that time in my life. I got mm-hmm. to like hang out and make mem- memories with those oh, guys. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I I had some really good times with them. It was my first tour uh, to Japan. We went there. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. What was it like? Because obviously, I mean, did you guys fly like a chartered flight or was it like just get on, uh, you know, US, US Air or whatever? And it, most of the time it was regular airlines. Just regular. We, okay. got, we did private one time with the Shakes. It was at least since I was with them um, for a, a show in St. Bart's, mm-hmm. just like a. Damn. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, nice, that was fancy. <laughs> now, how do you get these gigs? Is it like, do you have a manager, an agent, or is it just. You kind of have a network of people that you've built through the, through you know time, and then they just reach out to you like, hey, hey, Kenny, are you are you interested in coming out? Yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm sure some people might have a manager, 
Mm-hmm. Maybe I've never met anybody who has like, as far as a crew guy goes, I know artists who get hired to play for, uh, an artist like Miley, for instance, like mm-hmm. they probably, some of those guys have managers. Um, but for teching, not really. It's just yeah. like you, and even most of the guys playing, you just, like I said, you'd be a good guy, you know, stay in touch a little bit with people, exchange mm-hmm. numbers, and then you never know when you're going to get a call. Um, and most of the times in my life I get a call when, uh, I need it the most, which is like the Miley thing right after yeah. I got fired from my job. I'm like, great. The economy crashed. I just lost my job. What I'm going to do literally that my last day of work is when I got that call Damn. to do it. And it's just, you, you know, just make sure you, you don't treat people wrong and you know, exactly. they'll reach out I, if they need something. Yeah. You know? I always try to say like to everyone, like it, it, when I was in the military, you know, I was, uh, I, I did an instructor thing for like three years and I would tell the, the guys in the course, like you never know who you're going to meet. Like you have to be nice to people, like even be nice to the janitor, man. Like mm-hmm. That guy's that guy has probably so many connections that get in even in the places that he probably knows things. He's probably you know so treat people with like kindness, treat totally. people with nice. Like I'm not like I you know you try not to judge people when you see them, but like the first thing you do is you see somebody, mm-hmm. and it's just hard not to judge or not not judge, but have like those thoughts of like oh yeah I'm, yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's I mean yeah. it's somewhat but, human nature. But my thing is like, I try not to do that, but and always at the same time I'm always like. And for me to stop that, I just go up and talk to you. I go up and, and shake your hand and mm-hmm. and start the conversation with somebody and, and and go from there. Just be nice. Totally. It's please and thank you go a long way with mm-hmm. people. So well, even like <clears throat> it doesn't even have to be saying judging. It's just like when you meet somebody for the first time, your initial reaction is way different than what it might be right. two days later. Like my first day at Fieldcraft. Was a com- it's a completely different day already than like oh, yeah, no, my third it, day here. Now yeah. I feel like I'm best friends with everybody yeah, or you're something. Yeah, in a groove. Mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, big time. So, so when you your last, you said you were with the the shakes, and then so like are these? Do they like only keep you on like for a certain amount of time? Like, a, like a, under a contract? It depends. Yeah. Um, most rock and pop do not do like a salary usually it's by it's a weekly mm-hmm. kind of a pay thing and they just hire you when you need when okay. they need you um so yeah that's what i did most of the time the last job i came from uh was country and that was that was um a full-time deal i had mm-hmm. to be in uh the city where they were working mm-hmm. um, so where it, was was like, that it was like a full-time uh employee kind of job um that was uh that was Based out of Nashville. Oh, okay. And so, uh, and who are you working for then? I was with uh, Chris Stapleton. Then. That's a huge dude right there. Yeah. So what was that like? I mean, that's like superstar. You know what I mean? That's like you're selling out arenas, stadiums. Yeah. Uh, what was going from, I guess, going from like starting out with like these smaller bands and stuff like that, and then you're with Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. How, like, what was that like? I mean, like. Man, it's so funny. I mean, here's just another example of like, just making friends with people, not because you want something from them mm-hmm. or, or like think you can get something from them. That's shitty, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But like it ends up working out, mm-hmm. you know, to get things. And it's funny. The So Chris's uh, one of Chris's managers, Clay, he uh, he's I've known him for a long time, but I met him when I was 17 at that Jimmy Kimmel show. He's yeah. he brought me a drum kit to use for that show because we flew in for it. And I've stayed in touch with him nice. over the years. And he ended up being Chris's manager. And then I end up getting the job to work with him through him and my other buddy, Nate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just 
it's just really funny how it all works right. out. But uh, no, it was awesome, man. The I I abs- that was hands down my favorite touring job ever. Um, Chris and his wife Morgan are the best people. It was I, we had a, like, some amazing experiences, and um, I'll never forget it. They've they've done some pretty awesome things for me, and um, yeah, I. I owe them a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, because um, he was in another. He was in a band before that. Like it was called like. I see. He had he had a couple. It was, uh, it was Steel Drivers was one of them. And then he had um, I forget the other one, but he had, it was like I was like oh this is Chris Stapleton right here. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like it was just like a, and it's a song that's like an awesome song. Well, I'll, I'll play it for you when we get done here. But I'm like this song should be like out there like yeah. on the regular, you know? Yeah. But it's not. So yeah, he had like more of like a. I think the Steel Drivers was like more of the rock band. I, I I'm not super familiar, but then he had like a bluegrass band as well. Mm-hmm. But anything he does is he, oh he crushes it. Yeah, it's great. So good. Yeah. So that was just recently, basically, basically like the last few years that you were. Yeah, I was with him with for him. four years. Mm-hmm. Now at, at that time, were you? Did you pick up the? Uh, when did you start doing the? Um, uh, the uh, God, my brain. The leather work. Oh, um, leather work. I actually started way before then. Um, I've been doing leather work since 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, just started it in between. How, like, how'd you get into it? Like, what was your what was the, your motivating thing to like do it? <laughs> well, I mean, in between that time, I'd, I was with a bunch of other bands yeah. besides the ones we talked about already. And um, one of the tours I was on just ended after three months, and I think we had a month and a half off. My wife ended up going on a mission trip with our church the same time I got back home from a three month run. Mm-hmm. So it was just me and my dog at home for like two weeks, Yeah, which is weird. Cause I was so used to being around people. So I was like, I need to do something with my time. And, uh, while I was on tour with the band I was with then, um, we were in this town in Texas and I remember seeing like this, uh, leather shop, this old guy was doing leather and I was like, man, that looks super fun. And he was happy and he was just like enjoying his craft. Yeah. And I was like, that'd be really cool to work with your hands. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking it up, you know, on my computer and on my phone, um, before I got back home and seeing what it would take to do something like that just mm-hmm. for fun. And so I, when I got home, I went to like a local, uh, my local Tandy leather mm-hmm. store, which is like kind of like a hobbyist kind of store. Yeah. It's not like super pro. It's just like a Hobby Lobby specifically for leather kind yeah. of. There's some cool things, and they've got me out of some binds, but like they, I guess they're more hobbyists. But uh, I went there, got a roll of leather, had the guy there teach me a basic hand stitch, and then I just went home and just started making stuff for fun. What just, was the first thing you made? It was oh this this shitty little wallet. Do you still have it? Somewhere nice. I do. It's somewhere, but it was it was funny, man. I uh, I made it and I. I was so excited about it, even though I thought it, I was like, it doesn't look that great, but I yeah. just started. I mean, care. that you're proud of it. I mean, you did it like, with your own hands and like, yeah. you're, I, I love like when I, like when people pick up a new like hobby or skill mm-hmm. and like you, you, like, you buy the initial gear just to get you started. Mm-hmm. And like you're in there and you're, and you get your initial gear and you're doing your stuff and you make something with that mm-hmm. initial gear and you're so proud. And then you make that one thing and you're, and you're ready for the next thing. So yeah. like you look on like the on the internet for like the next big like, what can I do to make it better? Mm-hmm. And then you just build from there. I just love that because I could see like in your shop mm-hmm. like all those tools that you've ha- you you didn't start off with all that stuff. No. You know, I mean, you collected it throughout. I started off in one of our one bedroom <clears throat> apartment in our living room, and, right. that, and you know, I was just making tons of noise. And my wife was like, "What the hell is uh-huh. going on?" <laughs> now, how did you get like so when you when did you decide like okay, I think I'm gonna make a living or not a living. Well, I guess you could say living. Like how, like business, a business. Know, yeah. Like what? Like what did you? Like what was that? 
that well, process. Well, it happened actually pretty quick, um, and I didn't really plan on that happening. Mm-hmm. I this was when like Instagram was. I don't want to say a lot more fun, but it was easier to network with people besides uh, just buying ads. Right. You know, now it's like, it's hard to post something and get a lot of traction without Mm -hmm. some ads behind it. But anyways, at the time uh, I posted like a picture of it and my buddy uh, Aaron from the band, the almost I was Mm -hmm. telling you about, he saw it and like loved it. And he was like, dude, can you make me one of those? I'm like, sure, sure. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to do it. I got nothing to do right now anyway. So I made him one. And then I didn't know this, but he was he posted about it, and he had a ton of followers at the time. And yeah. So at that time, when you post something about it, people take they people see t- it. They yeah. see it, you know. Um, so that was three weeks before Father's Day, and so I had all these people rushing to me, like <laughs> at least for me as being a one man show yeah. in my little apartment that I wasn't planning on starting a business. I had all these people reaching out, like, "Hey, can I, I want to buy one of these for my dad for Father's Day?" And I literally had eighty orders. Damn. I went from making my first wallet to uh, a week later having an order for 80 because he did this. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I got to get, like, this, is, this uh, is real now. Because I didn't know where to stop. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take your money, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. I was excited. I was like, oh, you want to pay me for this? That's cool. So um, so I did that. And uh, I just made a bunch. And then after that, I was like, man, I should start, I guess I should start like a company page and yeah. website and just... Just go see what happens. See what happens. And it ended up uh, working out. You know, it wasn't like a, I wasn't trying to get rich. I was trying to pay some bills yeah. and whatever. Um, eventually, I ended up doing it full time. Um, and uh, yeah. So. so you started, a, did you finally end up getting a shop and kind of putting everything together? Yeah. What's crazy about Salt Lake compared to like where we just came from in Tennessee is even though I just had a, it was just me making leather goods in our house. It was like mm-hmm. such a small operation. So when you go to get a business license, they were like, well, what do you do? And I, so I told them, I was like, I'm just hand stitching these little wallets in my yeah. living room. And, um, they're like, Oh, well you're not zoned for that. Cause it's considered manufacturing. You gotta be oh, fucking Jesus. Kidding. Come on. This like, is what's wrong with people. Yeah. I was like, give me a fucking break. Like, Anyways. Ugh. And it's just a person there. It's yeah. a, it's, it's a person that made that up. Yeah. A hundred percent made like, it up. It is nothing. I'm sitting in a room <laughs> farting into my chair and I'm working with leather. Like, yeah. what's the big deal? Like, I'm not bothering anybody. I'm actually being a productive member of society. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But we get like, but you, but you got like a, a hand in your face. Mm-hmm. Whoa, 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 big guy. I know you want to like make a living for your family, mm-hmm. but we have these rules. Yeah. That's city living. These made believe, made up rules, you yeah, know, so. That's city living. And we were literally downtown uh, if anyone's in Salt Lake if we're in like close to the avenues area um so I had to anyways I had to find a shop and I was like well I'm just starting out I don't have a big budget I don't want to get investors I'm not trying to go that yeah. crazy I, I just want to have a income mm-hmm. anyways so uh one of my friends who works for this company called Local First um they uh do what's in their name they they help people um or help local businesses they support local businesses nice. anyways so they had a big warehouse um and they had a ton of extra room in there. And so she rented to a few businesses and she rented some space to me for super cheap. I think I paid like, at the time it was like 300 bucks a month. Damn. I was like, I can do that. I was like, no, that's no problem. So I ended up going there and then I had to, you know, all this stupid crap. I, you know, I had the fire department come look and I'd have a fire hydrant and all these licenses. Like, geez, <laughs> I know. no it, wonder a small business is hard. That was my first, yeah. my first view at like, like I'm spending all this money on pieces of paper. Yeah, like, exactly. That's all it is. 
Yeah, it's like I'm just I'm just starting to get going in this passion I'm, I found, and it's like you're crushing my dreams. You know? That's like you know, like my dad. He uh, he retired, but he had this idea for this uh, trap, mm-hmm. and it was this mechanism. But the mechanism was, was in a in a trash can, yeah. and it had like the sliding door and everything. It was pretty sweet, mm-hmm. but it was like that was his thing. It was like it was all these things he had to do just to get out there to get like to be legally so you can sell them and you mm-hmm. know pay your taxes but it got to the point where it's like this is just too much work it sucks the it's fun just, out of it yeah it's yeah. Just, yeah that's and he stopped mm-hmm. so he just like i'm just going to make it for myself yep. like, all right cool yeah so i get it totally so you get start it. getting like you're you're set up in your shop um and then you got your website and like how do you do you start building your i guess your your, your stock that you like say, okay, I'm going to do this like wallets here. I'm going to do notebooks and whatever, like however you had it. Like, how did you set it up? I just kind of created what I wanted mm-hmm. and just hoped people like it. Yeah. Like, I wanted it to be fun first because I, I knew that if I just started making stuff, I didn't like, like a machine kind of, you were like a machine. Yeah. It just would suck the fun out of it. And I wanted it to be as fun for as long as I could. And at some point down the line, I did get to like, it wasn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And I got burnt out, so I took a break. But um, I, you know, I've just learned over the years how to keep it fun while still being able to yeah. run a, a business or do the business side without burning myself out too I, much. You know, I, I love how, like, you like right now, there's this conversation, like how you kind of you've owned your life. You know what I mean? You know, some people just get kind of like, oh, I don't want to take this chance. Mm-hmm. But you've like I, listening to you right now is like I have anxiety, like. <laughs> Listening to like your the, your your story because it's like, holy shit, he did that, and then he's just like, oh, I'm not, I just don't feel like doing that right now. I, I'm gonna do something else, and that's amazing. Like, I wish I could do that. Like, well, thanks, I guess. You know, I, mean, like, I, I I don't really think about it. You I'm, know, but I, yeah, a lot of people are stuck. Yeah, like you're like, man, you're doing your thing. Like, I that's great to hear. You know, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I uh, I I just don't I just don't think about it. I guess yeah. when it's not when it doesn't feel right anymore, or like. I don't know. I guess if you feel like God calling you somewhere else or whatever that is to you, like you just got to run with it. And in between each transition in my life, there was definitely stresses and anxieties between there. Like, Oh man, I have to quit this job or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like even just leaving the Stapletons, like that was crazy hard for me to do. I was, uh, I was pretty emotional about it because I made family with, um, them and the entire crew and management. Everyone, Everyone there is family and everyone there is fantastic humans. Um, so it's hard. So it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely hard to go in between stuff. But you know, you got to do what's best for you. Yep. Or and if if you're not happy, you're not doing the people that you're working for any favors either, because you'll probably be unproductive. Oh, yeah, yeah, big of the time. time yep. You know, and it or just a bummer to be around. Yeah, that's what we told people. Like, and just in life, I'm like, man, if I can't take care of myself, if, if I can't put, and I. When I say this, I don't say it in like a selfish way, but if I can't put myself first, how am I going to put anybody else first in my life? You know what yeah. I mean? Like I can't, I can't sit here being all down the dumps about shit and worrying about stuff when I have like other responsibilities now. You know, yeah. I have like mm-hmm. a wife, I have a son, I have two daughters, I have a, uh, I have a job that I have to keep. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to provide. So it's like I, I got to make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, so. Yeah. And just to say, like, I, I definitely was not unhappy there. That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. why I left. We have a bunch of family in Utah, and we have one kid and another on the way, and we didn't realize before we started having kids while we were in Tennessee that it was going to be super important to have people there to support us, and, you know, mainly my wife, because, like, while I'm working, or especially, like, while I was on tour, yeah. she never got a break. 
right. ever. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. she's yep. always with people. She had a few friends, but they, you know, they had their own kids and yep. they, or jobs and some of them really far away. So it's just like we had to do, we had to make the hard decision to be like, okay, well, we need to be in your family again. Yeah. And so we were here and it just, it, it was crazy how amazing it worked out. Like this job coming up super randomly for right, with yeah. field craft in, in, in Utah. Yeah. And I was in Utah and that's yeah. not like I was even really, I don't know. It just, everything worked out. It was yeah. Crazy. That's where we're kind of like right now, like me, my wife and my son are here in Utah. Like I, my, my closest family uh, that I have, I mean, obviously my daughters are in uh, Colorado mm-hmm. with their, with their mother, but I mean, Ohio is like the closest, like for my mom and dad and my brother and um, his family. But it, yeah, it's hard not to have family around. Like, it really is. Like I yeah. get to the, I get, I get homesick sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm like, damn, I wish I could just drive like do the three hour drive to grandma and grandpa's house. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and drop the kids off and just have a good time and then come back. But yeah, it, it gets hard. Like I can see where you're coming from. Like it's better to have family around when you have like a small, like totally. young family, like yeah. that, that's, that's key. So, yeah. And I didn't want to come off the road because we weren't with the country. We weren't touring like months at a time. We were touring usually tour on the weekends, you know, sometimes you'll do like a two week long run, but most yeah. of the time you're, you leave on a Thursday, come back Sunday, kind of a deal. Now, why is that just because it more, f- they because stay at home, like closer to home or is it just usually because the artists are just awesome and they like to make sure everyone has a home life. Like oh, country nice. is very yeah um, good about that. You know, it's hard to have a home life when you're gone for so long. Yeah, like, you true. know, being in the military. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that I was able to come home every week, see the, you know, my wife every week. That's awesome. Um, but she just needed help and I, I couldn't like, I couldn't deny that any longer. Yeah. And so I, I kind of had to do what I had to do and yeah. leave the Stapletons unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it's, there's, there's a, I guess I'm for lack of a better word, there's like a, a mourning process with that, but I'm also mm-hmm. like super excited to be here in Utah and be with field craft oh, yeah. and like, do you know be a part of what you guys are doing and part of your family so definitely it's cool it's just like what we, when i heard we were getting when you're coming aboard i was like wow that's good like we're diversifying we're doing something different like <laughs> yeah. this is going to be cool you yeah. know so mm-hmm. we get to see all this stuff and then and, and then even do more stuff so yeah i mean it's going to be a, a continually growing thing i think you know, a lot of people have an idea, have ideas for leather goods and yeah. Oh my wanted, god! You know what I, mean? I guarantee, like I know when you showed up on Monday, I guarantee, like you probably had eight different people come to you, like, hey, uh, I have an idea, we can make this. I even did it to you before you showed up. I was like, hey, well, we're gonna make some uh, <laughs> cast iron leather holders, man. <laughs> I'm like, God, shut up, George. Like, <laughs> that, I mean, you you gotta get used to it. I mean, yeah. I knew that was gonna happen. It just happened all at once. I was just like, hey, bro, you should make this. You should make that. And I was talking to Austin. He's like, yeah, man, it's the same thing with, with cameras. It's like, you know, oh, you should film this. Get it from this yeah. angle. He's like, oh, should I? Yeah, yeah thanks. Like, thanks. Thanks for telling me my job. Yeah, but it is what it is. It's, it's part of the deal. So, you know, I don't have all the ideas. I have some ideas, you know. Yeah. So it's nice to get uh, input, but sometimes, uh, well, I'd say about 65% of the time it's not the best yeah. ideas, but there's some good ones in there. So uh, kind of getting off topic, but going to something uh, different that mm-hmm. happened to you in your life, uh you got Lyme disease. Yeah. Take us through that. Like, what was the situation? Do you remember, like, what happened or how it happened? And it were just, yeah. you know. No, it was crazy. Um, yeah, I'll take you through everything about that. That was, that was wild. Uh, I, f- I didn't find out the exact night, but it's kind of started this night. We, uh, when I was with uh, Chris, we were out in L.A., um, and we just got done with, uh, we did Jimmy Kimmel and the Ellen show the mm-hmm. same, same weekend. And we were about to, f- uh, 
fly back home to Nashville. And it was during wintertime. It was almost Christmas. So um, they took the crew out. Chris Morgan took the crew out for like a Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, I had been smoking weed like every day mm-hmm. for two years. It was no big deal. So I sm- smoked weed with a couple of buddies before dinner, like no big deal. And, you know, we've done it for a million yeah. times. It's just part of my life then. And uh, when I got to dinner, I started getting like the left side of my face went numb. My, the left side of my arm went numb. Damn. Like I felt like I was having a stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what was going on because I'd never experienced this. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't sure. I was like, is it, am I just too high or what's going yeah. on? And so, if, you know, they were concerned about me. Um, so they called an ambulance and, you know, pretty much ruined the whole <laughs> Christmas dinner. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt, uh, pretty weird about that. What was, what was funny though, is like <laughs> the guys inside the restaurant were so scared about losing this business because they like, they b- basically booked the entire restaurant. So we yeah, owned yeah. the whole thing and they were worried like, Oh crap. Like what if they end up not being here? We lose all this money. And so they were like trying to be super optimistic towards me. Like, Oh, maybe you just need something to eat. It's like, Oh, you're just you oh, low blood no. sugar. So here you go. And they gave me like this fried cheese thing. I'm like, I don't want this. Yeah, it's like, what if I, what if I was like diabetic all of a sudden? Like yeah, all the, you know, to be like eating this fried cheese. <laughs> yeah. Like. You don't know. It's like stupid. Anyways, <laughs> that always made me laugh. Um, but anyway, so I ended up going to the hospital. Um, and everyone in the, the ambulance was like, you're just having a panic attack because they, it's weed's legal there. Doesn't it? Like, and they see stuff like that all the time. So I was like, they're probably, they might be right, but I feel really weird. I, yeah. I feel crazy. Um, so I got to the hospital and uh, Chris was awesome. He ended up, uh, um, well, the, the guitar tech, Alex, he, he was one of, he's one of my best friends out on that tour. And he rode in the ambulance with me, made sure I got everything I needed mm-hmm. and was there with me for a while. Um, he's, he's an awesome dude. And then later, uh, Chris came to the hospital afterwards and brought me dinner. Nice. So how does he get like, how did he get there? You know what I mean? I I get it. Like he could just get there, but like he's he's, Chris Stapleton. He's got, he's got security and managers. So, uh, you know, they, they him and his security guard came, uh, his security guard, Biggie. He's, he's awesome. He's a good dude. Um, so they brought me dinner anyways. Uh, I was there for like three or four days wow. in the hospital because they there was some flags. I guess they were looking at at some of my symptoms. That uh-huh. even though the paramedics and the ambulance were like, oh, just this, this, and that. It's like you don't know. Yeah, it's like you're not a Shut fucking up. doctor. Like yeah, let exactly. them do their job. Let me get there. Shut your mouth. Let them do their job. Whatever. So I ended up getting like, uh, I got my head looked at. I got my heart looked at. Um, Everything. Just going through the MRI machines. Everything, yeah. Oh. It was crazy, dude. It was at the Cedar Sinai Hospital in LA. And uh, anyways, they couldn't find nothing, but they were still like, I don't know. It's weird. We've never seen a lot mm-hmm. of these symptoms with just being high, but yeah, we don't see anything wrong. So just go about your day. I'm like, okay. So I ended up. Uh, you know what bothers me about what you just said? Like what? they were like, oh, there's news about being high. It's like, like who cares? Like that shouldn't like. Yeah. Like who gives a shit about that? Like that shouldn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. That's like, they made you seem like you were some like cracked out crackhead or something like, Oh, you're just coming down off a bad, like a bad high man. Like, yeah, like, I, I was it. literally having an you're argument probably sitting there like calm as hell, like calm, holding conversation and, and be like, Oh, you're just, you're just having a panic attack. Yeah. Well, cause I was, I was able to communicate fairly well. Um, 
but every there's just a lot of stuff going on. And yeah. I remember uh, Morgan Stapleton, she was like, she's like, Kenny, if you need to go to the hospital, you should go. You should definitely go. Don't let these guys, you know, tell you anything different. Because I was basically arguing with the paramedics. Like, yeah. They're like, we can take you, but you, should, you don't really need to go. You're just having a panic attack. I'm like, that's such bullshit. That's unprofessional. It's so unprofessional. So she was super cool. She's like, if you feel like you need to go, you should go. And, you know, we support you, whatever mm-hmm. you need. And I was like, all right, maybe I should just go take, you know, take care of it. So I went and I'm glad I did. But um, anyways, I got home and I kept having symptoms for, and it got worse, 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 worse. Uh, I ended up getting like, I can be honest, I had... The crazy thing about Lyme is you have so many symptoms and a lot of doctors look for localized issues Mm -hmm. to try to fix it. And so when you have a ton of different symptoms going on, they're almost like confused. And so they just make guesses, at Mm -hmm. least from what I've learned. And it was, it was crazy, man. So I went through the medical field for about a year and I was having insane symptoms, more of like the numbness in my face. All of a sudden my bones would start like cracking. Like I had arthritis for a day and like super bad joint pain and I would get insane headaches. I wouldn't be able, some days I literally couldn't talk. Like I was just so, I felt so brain dead. Mm -hmm. Um, my pH would dip crazy low, um, to the point where I would get like, I would hyperventilate and like pass out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I couldn't talk. And so what else? Oh, instead of, uh, getting like a fever, my my temperature would get down to like 92 degrees, which is apparently considered hypothermic. I don't know, but just all these different things. I got like a heart arrhythmia. Um, I started getting a ton of chest pains. So like I I went from like thinking I was having a stroke to a heart attack to, you know, a brain aneurysm to seizures, Mm. like all these different things. It was crazy, dude. And I literally, by the end of it, I thought I was going to die. And by the end of it, I was like, you know what? I went through the medical field and I feel worse than I did before. And no joke, all these doctors were just, and specialists were just making guesses and assumptions. And I was looking at this Ziploc bag. I had 35 different prescriptions, just of random bullshit. Mm-hmm. And they had no idea. Like, I remember I went to go see a cardiologist and he was like, we're not sure what's going on. So we're going to give you, let's try nitroglycerin. Let's see how that works out. So next time your chest hurts, just try this, see how it goes. And I look it up and it's like some, it's a major deal. Yeah, it's like, it's like he, yeah. he's make it sound like I'm taking, you know, ibuprofen for a headache I remember watching a movie one time this guy was like having this like heart thing and he was clutching his pills and like it showed like the label was like nitroglycerin (laughs) (laughs) you know and then like he's trying to open them up and they spill everywhere he takes it and then all of a sudden he's like oh it's like god like is that (laughs) it's that serious yeah right and nitro I didn't know what that was at the time it just sounded like some nuclear thing (laughs) so they're gonna blow a building up with that stuff you know it's it's scary stuff to put in your body yeah and it was like in a vial so I, I can't remember. I think it was, I don't remember if I have to drink it or <laughs> shoot it. Oh, some, of the, some of my prescriptions, it had yeah. to stick a needle in. Anyways, I was just, I was just done. I was like, fuck this. I'm not yeah. doing this anymore. I was like, I feel worse than I did. I'm on all these medications and no one cares. And no mm-hmm. one's giving me any answers. I'm go. I'm paying, I'm spending thousands and thousands of dollars. I had insurance, but you know, most people yeah. know it's not the best health no. insurance. Even when you do have it, you're yep. still owing people a ton of money. So the last effort really was my mom was like, maybe you should see a natural doctor. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was like super into working out. I was like almost 200 pounds. You know, I went from like 140 to almost 200 pounds. And I was like eating chicken and rice all the time. And I was like kind of a bro dude (laughs) back then. So I was like totally not into the hippie shit. It's like, but I was, I was, I was so desperate for a solution. I was like, fine, I'll just, I don't think it's going to work, but I'll go see this natural doctor. Yeah. So I ended up uh, talking to my buddy 
who I'm now buddy, his name's Gabe. He, uh, he was a natural doctor and he put me, he had Lyme's disease and he put me on, uh, right after talking to me, he put me on a plant-based diet. He's like, you know what? I think this is a lot simpler than you think. I'm like, uh, really? Because I feel like I'm going to die and no one can help me. So you really think it's simple. It was, I was almost like wanted to be offended, I guess, mm-hmm. because I was like, what do you like, mean do you think simple? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, he put me on a, uh, a plant-based diet, which at the time, like I was like, I do leather goods. I eat a lot of meat. I was like, yeah. What? Like, what am I doing? It's like, I don't want to do that. It's like, a bizarre world here. Yeah. I was like, this is weird. So I was like, whatever, I'll try it. But I was like, I remember being super nervous because I was super into working. I was like, I'm going to lose all my muscle. Yeah. Which, uh, um, I had already, I was already losing muscle from Lyme's disease anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I could show you a picture after we're done here. It's like, it's crazy how much my body changed from in three months. Like I went from looking like, uh, I don't know. I had some muscle to be yeah, like yeah. this skinny, like frail, fragile human. Yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy looking. But, uh, anyways, went on a plant-based diet, whole food plant-based diet. So I was eating a lot of steamed veggies. I was juicing a ton. Um, drinking, you know, trying to, instead of tap water, I was drinking more spring water. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess a grosser thing to talk about, but I don't care is like, uh, enemas was a big thing mm-hmm. too, uh, to clearing all of that out. Cause a lot of the sickness is in your gut and mm. your, lives in your colon. So like flushing all that out was a big deal. Um, so I was doing all these things that were so new to me and I just yeah. felt so out of place and weird. Yeah. It was just a lot, but man, I could not believe it within four days of going completely whole food plant-based, I started feeling better. Like it was the best day I've had in a year. Nice. Um, within two months I was feeling way better Within six months. I got my life back. Like literally I thought I was going to have to quit my job with Mm -hmm. Chris and like move back to Utah and just have family take care of me. Yeah. Like I thought my social life was kind of over. It was really weird. So how did they finally diagnose it? Was it your, uh, the, uh, natural doctor? Yeah, he, he did. The thing is you can get tested for Lyme's disease through the, I guess, Western medicine world, Mm -hmm. whatever but they only look for certain strains of Lyme's disease. So I think it's only, it's a certain number and there's hundreds of different kinds yeah. that you can have of this bacteria. And so even most, most insurance companies aren't going to pay for that test, which is a huge pain in the ass. So I, I, I got tested a few times um, and we spent out of pocket for it, thousands of dollars and it came back negative. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't look for every strain. Jeez. And so you're, it's, it's, it's worthless mostly. And so he's like, from based off your symptoms and from what I've experienced and what I know and the schooling I've got, it sounds like you have a mix of, uh, could be Lyme's disease and candida, uh, a few other things. So, um, and what's his name? The, his uh, name is Gabe. Um, Gabe what? Is he, uh, is he still, is he still like in practice or? Um, I don't think so. He yeah. like, he is a pilot. So he was doing it on the side and I think oh, he's cool. doing, he's being a pilot full time, but he's still, I still talk to him all the time. We shoot the shit about, <laughs> you know, random, yeah, yeah. random natural, st- you know, natural food stuff and all that. We kind of nerd out about it. But, um, he was like, I think we should treat you like how I treated myself for Lyme's disease. And turns out it was, it was a life changer, man. So mm-hmm. it, uh, it literally gave me my life back. And, um, even though it like sucked, I can't really, I can't eat any animal products anymore. No mm-hmm. dairy. You can't eat like not like you can't have a glass of milk. I mean, I just, probably like, could, but you don't want to r- risk it. I mean, I you just, work so hard. I feel like, like you'd like learn how to like eat again. You know what yeah, I mean? Basically. Like, I mean, I, I had to learn a whole new life <laughs> yeah. because eating, I hate saying the word vegan. Cause like, I'm not like an animal rights yeah. activist or anything like that, but 
It's the label thing. It's the label. We fall into the label Exactly. Thing. But there's no like plant-based or vegan restaurants everywhere, oh, especially yeah, exactly. on tour. So it was, it was a challenge yeah. um, being uh, on the road um, and making sure I had food to eat because everything had animal products yeah, and you butter, easy, mayonnaise, yeah, whatever. Yep. And you know? then you could easily like try this plant-based diet, but be unhealthy about it. Yeah, 100%. it could be all this like processed plant-based yeah. stuff that like, I know you see the Beyond Burger or whatever like that. It Dude. feels like it's just like I had one. I, it's like the aftertaste is like really weird, and then it's like a lot of so like you all that the sodium yeah. in it, you know. So it's terrible, terrible for you. It's and that's that's a hundred percent true. There's a lot of people who just eat the fast food or the processed vegan way, and yeah. it's just it's nasty, man. So then, do you have like do you when you first started out, was it just like did you have like only like a couple recipes that you did, or was it did you like try something new? Like, how did you try new recipes? Yeah. Well, the first 30 days I was on it, it was a detox. So I was mm-hmm. literally eating steamed veggies, juice and fruit every day. That's it for 30 days. And then I kind of got, I started to add things back in. Um, so after I got kind of the feel for it, after I was done with most of my detoxing, mm-hmm. yeah, we started, me and my wife started having fun. She decided to go plant-based with me just cause it would be easier. Nice. And she was actually pre-type two diabetic, which she wasn't overweight or anything. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just like, you can still. Now, I had a cousin that way. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, like kind of built like you, like, mm-hmm. and uh, he had it. Yeah. And it was just like, man, he never like, he was never, mm-hmm. it was just because of his, like the thing, the diet, yeah. sugars and all that he, stuff. Huge so. part of it. But uh, she was pre-type two and. She ended up going plant-based and next time she went in for a checkup, she wasn't pre-typed. Nice. That's what we're going to, like, we're trying that at the house right now. We try to do like little meals, like dinner is like our, our main thing. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to like incorporate, like we're trying to incorporate like twice a week plant-based diet type mm-hmm. stuff. And then hopefully just go from there. Just trying to get more healthier. Yeah. You know, cause I'm, you know, like I said before, I'm 42 years old. <laughs> Yeah. Like I have to start taking better care of myself. Yeah. And it's just hard. Like I, you just get in these ruts sometimes. Well, it's hard because you're, I feel everyone's like this, like your mind, at least for me, it's like, I still feel sometimes like I'm 17, but your body's getting older and older. Oh, yeah. and so you're like, Oh, I can do things, yep. but nope. It you, catches you up can. to you big yep. time. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, the job I have is not real physical, but sometimes it can be like mm-hmm. moving, like I can go from sitting in the office doing computer work to we're down in the warehouse and we're moving stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, we got the lifts and we're moving stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I have to like, I can't treat myself like, like you said, 17 years old. Yeah. Like I get to the weekend and I'm done. Like Sundays, I don't leave my house on Sundays. I made it the thing where I'm just going to chill at home. We're going to hang out. We're going to recuperate. We're going to make some good food yep. have a good time, but I'm not doing nothing on Sunday mm-hmm. and just laying around. But you have to. You, you got to stop. Yeah, you got to give yourself time to rest. And some people are like, you know, you see it all the time. It's like grind, grind, grind. Dream. It's like you can, you can do that. There's a time yeah. and a place for that, obviously. But like, you have to rest your body, and because if if your health isn't important, yeah. All the, and if you you just say you have an yeah. early you know an early death because of yep. all your health, especially like your like, mental and like the mental is like the most important thing. Like yeah, that's your most important. Like muscle, your brain is the most important thing to take yeah. care of. Yeah, so like, it's like. Okay, you're you're trying super hard at your job, but you're not taking care of yourself. Yep. What is it for? Like, what yep. what all that stuff you're doing for your work isn't worth anything because if you die or like, you know, early or yeah, like well, you can't like, enjoy it because you have some health condition later on, it's all for nothing anyway. Yeah. So it's like you got to take that seriously. It really is important. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I had learned that sooner in life, but at least I learned it. Oh yeah. And didn't die. <laughs> at yeah. least I didn't die from. So, my, so. my my last question, I kind of ask people is if you can go back and, and you're sitting there, well, I mean, you're sitting there with 18 year old Kenny, what's one of the, what's a good word of advice that you give your 18 year old self, even though like 
you kind of were been on your own since you were 16, which is amazing. But at that time, when you turn 18, you know, you, you become a man, you know, you're, you're, you're legal at the time. But like right now, sitting here right now, what would you say to yourself at 18 that you would kind of give a, some advice to? Hmm. Um, I mean, first of all, it's the one I've already touched on. Just be good, be good to people, work hard, be uh, reliable, mm -hmm. and don't waste your money. Yeah. I blew a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I've done the same. <laughs> Whew, yeah. yeah. Big time. When I, yeah, when I started touring and that young and I started actually making real money, I was like, yeah, me and my wife would just blow it on dumb shit. And then I had nothing to show for it. Yeah. And so I was same here back in the day. Yeah. Just dumb. Mm -hmm. Like you get to the end of the month, you're like, um, okay. <laughs> Cause yeah. we're going to start all over again. <laughs> yeah. so. And someone can tell you that my dad told me that he's mm -hmm. always telling me about saving finances and stuff, but Sometimes you just got to learn on your own. No matter mm -hmm. what people tell you, you ain't going to listen. You just yeah. learn the hard way. That's and that's the one thing that people don't understand. Like when you're young and you're, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, even until you're 25, like your brain's not developed. Mm -hmm. So you're making these decisions. Like get it. You should know better. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. But you're making these decisions, like life decisions at like 20, 21, 22. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. It's you got to do it and, and, and deal with the consequences later in life. Yeah. And it's funny because at that point in your life, you're like, man, I'm so old now. But yeah. then you look back and I'm like, gosh, I was so young. How did I do that? Yeah. It's like, like why? How did I live through yeah. that? So, yeah. Pretty wild. But hey, Kenny, once again, like, welcome to Fieldcraft. Uh, thank you for your time today. And um, we're going to wrap it up. All right. Thank you. Thank you.